In the very last chapter of the Torah portion of Baal Leischa, we read the enigmatic story of the plague of Tsaras that was visited upon Miriam for speaking badly of Moshe. It had become known to Miriam that Moshe had separated from his wife Sapphira. Moshe had done so because prophecy would come upon him in a very direct way without warning and he did not have the time to purify himself anew each time. If he would remain pure, he would not have had this challenge. Miriam did not know this, but in any event, speaking ill of someone is a sin, and certainly was for so exalted a person as Miriam. The consequence of Tsaras was banishment outside of the camps of Israel until a person was declared pure by the Kayan. In verses Tesvov and Tezayin, 15 and 16, the Torah tells us, So Miriam was confined outside the camp for seven days, and the people did not travel until Miriam had re-entered. The next pasuk reads, Then the people departed from Chatzeres, and they camped in the desert of Paran. Rashi quotes the words, Vaha'am Nasa, and the nation did not travel, and explains, This honor was accorded her by God because of the time that she remained with Moses, with Moshe, when he was cast into the river, as it says, his sister stood by from afar, in Parsha Shmais. The commentaries explain this as Rashi giving reason for the words the nation did not travel until Miriam rejoined them. Because without explanation, the words in the very next verse, and only then the people departed from the desert of Chatzeres, in other words, after Miriam was healed, are seemingly redundant and unnecessary. So Rashi explains what sounds like repetition in the latter verse by informing us that the words the nation did not travel, as mentioned the first time, is to tell us that this was out of respect for Miriam. But some things are unclear here. The verse tells us the nation did not travel. And this is the quote from the Torah that Rashi is explaining. Yet Rashi teaches that it was God who was honoring Miriam. This is unclear particularly as the source for Rashi's explanation is a Mishnah in Saita that tells us that God repays action with action, kindness with kindness, like the nation waiting for Miriam as she waited by Moshe's side when he was placed in the Nile. But with his explanation, Rashi deviates from the Mishnah's teaching. Of course, this could just be understood simply as when the nation traveled and camped, it was by God's instruction. When the cloud rose above the tent of meeting, the people knew to travel. And when it descended and rested, the nation made camp, and not by the nation's decision. The Torah telling us that the nation did not travel, until Miriam was healed means the cloud of God did not rise up an indication to travel, which is like saying that it was God who bestowed this honor upon her. But when Rashi says this was an honor bestowed upon her by God, and not just that it was an honor paid to her or an honor she received, when the Mishnah in Saita tells us that therefore the nation delayed traveling for her, and clearly the Mishnah too acknowledges that the fact that they did not travel was because the clouds did not indicate to travel, the implication in the Mishnah is that the nation, too, 
wanted to wait for her. Whereas in Rashi's explanation, the only reason was because God gave her this honor. Yes, the clouds did not rise as indication to travel, but there's no suggestion in Rashi that the nation wanted to wait for Miriam to honor her. And this is really difficult to understand, as the verse only says, and the nation did not travel. Hashem is not mentioned at all. So why does Rashi explain it differently, that it wasn't the nation's own initiative to wait? Here are three points we want to explore that are additional questions to what we've discussed so far. The Mishnah's exact words are, Miriam waited for the baby Moshe for a time at the shore of the Nile, as it stated, and his sister stood afar off from the distance to know what would be done with him. Rashi adds the words when he was cast into the river. Of what significance is it to us to know when it was that Miriam waited for Moshe? Why didn't Rashi suffice with the words of the Mishnah that say that this was a kindness in return for Miriam once waiting by Moshe's side, as the verse tells us in Exodus, and his sister stood a distance and way to know what would be done to him? Also, why does Rashi, Rashi's quote of the verse in Exodus include the word from a distance, Merachik, that Miriam stood from a distance. How does that add anything to our understanding of what Miriam did, which was to wait by Moshe? And Rashi doesn't then actually suffice with this seemingly unnecessary detail of from a distance. Rashi also says Vegeimer, alluding to the inclusion of the entire verse in Exodus, as quoted in the Mishnah. How is the rest of this verse going to make a difference in our discussion? We can understand this all by first understanding the idea of the honor that was accorded to Miriam by waiting for her. The way this is learned at its basic level, it seems that had they not waited, it would have been disrespectful to Miriam. The problem with that, however, is that if they had left Miriam alone and had traveled without her, it wouldn't have just been disrespectful. That's not the issue. It would have been leaving her in a state of total danger. They were in the middle of a desert. We can't say that Rashi suggesting that Miriam not leaving Maisha alone in the Nile, a place of danger to Maisha, points to the reward of God honoring her by not leaving Miriam alone in the desert. This wasn't an honor. It was a matter of life and death. What then is the honor? How do we explain this? When God said Miriam should be isolated for seven days outside the encampment, and then when healed, she will return to the encampment. It means that the seven days of isolation outside of all three encampments lead to healing. And this can take place only when the nation is actually camped and not traveling, when there are encampments. Therefore, had they picked up and traveled, obviously Miriam would not have remained alone in the desert. She would have traveled with them, but her seven days outside of an encampment would have been interrupted. And so her healing and return would have been interrupted and delayed until they once again set up camp, causing this to last much longer than the seven days of isolation. In fact, the seven days possibly need to be seven successive days, and thus the entire process of beginning her seven days of isolation would have been delayed or begun anew until they camped. 
causing Miriam great spiritual discomfort. That was the honor accorded her by God. The entire nation held back, remaining encamped for an additional seven days so that Miriam could more quickly begin and conclude her days of isolation, healing, and her return to the camp. Accordingly, we receive wondrous halacha guidance from Rashi's explanation. Rashi explains the words, Achar te'osef, after she re-enters, saying that each time a return to the camp is mentioned regarding a mitzorah, it means that they left the camp, and when they healed, they returned and were re-entered into the camp. Hence, Miriam's seven days of isolation outside of the camp is connected to the fact that she was a Mitzorah. And so according to this, we could say that the halacha that the Mitzorah must be isolated outside the camps all the days of the Mitzorah's affliction isn't a side issue. Like because one is impure, one needs to be outside the camp. No, it is also a condition of one's achieving purity again. If one does not remove oneself during one's impurity, one cannot achieve purity. And so it was with Miriam's isolation. So it is too regarding the Mitzorah who is confined, whose status is dependent on his confinement for a specific number of days. The Kayan confines the individual with a questionable lesion for a seven-day period. So according to this, if the days are cut short or not fulfilled, and his days of confinement are lacking, or, and one's isolation outside the camp, days are lacking, then his or her purity is delayed until the full seven days of isolation are complete. These days of confinement are an integral part of the healing process. As regards to a Mitzayra, however, because the Torah states, Badad yeshev mechutz lamachanem meishavai, he shall dwell isolated, isolated. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. One may wonder which is the more important and even essential point. Is it that he dwells in isolation or is it that he is outside of the machana, outside of the camp? What would the practical difference be? The difference between the two would be as discussed regarding Miriam, who is confirmed to have saras that one may be in a situation where there may be no encampment, but isolation can still be imposed. Would this situation delay purity? Similarly, for a person who is confined, to determine if a blemish is saras, and according to the opinion in the Tractate of Megillah, this person too must be confined outside the encampments. Will his seven days of isolation be counted towards the days of confinement that will affect his purification? This person will have spent a certain number of days isolated outside of the camp. And if the significant part is the isolation, then those days should count. But if what is important is being outside of the camp, if there is no encampment, those days of isolation under observation will not be counted. And today, too, this discussion has a practical implication. Based on the Rambam and Maimonides' teaching in the laws of Hilchas Tumas Tsaras, the purification of a person afflicted by Tsaras is carried out in Eretz Yisrael and in the diaspora while the temple is standing 
and in the era when the temple is not standing. And so if a person has saras today and had to be isolated to become pure again, what would the process be to do so? If today, after the destruction of the temple, there is no camp from which to leave to become pure, as is the opinion of many of our sages, the determination of which of these two, whether to be in isolation or leave the camp, becomes very significant in understanding how one achieves purification from saras. If it's about isolation, this can be achieved. But if it's not only about isolation, but also about being outside the camp of Israel called Machana then one cannot become pure. Even if one suggests that the entire idea of encampments does not exist today, even as the individual begins his state of impure impurity, then surely this is not an aspect of his purification process. Yet the question remains that if one became inflicted with saras when the temple still stood and its destruction and the destruction of the city occurred during his seven days of purification, is there a way for this individual to achieve purity after the destruction? This discussion is applied to the story of Miriam's status of Mitzorah and the nation waiting for her, and Rashi's explanation teaches us the halacha in regards to any person afflicted with saras, that it is the requirement to be outside of the camp that affects purity. So one who cannot leave an encampment cannot become pure. Accordingly, knowing that Miriam was honored in not having to wait beyond the seven days of isolation, allowing her immediate healing and return to the nation, and avoiding a delay in the process for a later time when the people would once again be camped, we can explain Rashi's explanation, this was an honor accorded Miriam by God. As we said, Rashi should have said something that was in concurrence with the words in the verse that said that the nation waited, like the Mishnah tells us, or like the Safri and the Mechilta describe this honor. God held up the Shechina, the Arain, the Koyanim, the priests, the Levites, and the entire nation, and the seven clouds of glory. But Rashi doesn't use the terminology of the Mishnah or the ter- terminology of the Safri because his intention is not to highlight who participated in giving Miriam this honor, to highlight whether it was God or the nation. Rather, Rashi wants to highlight that it was an honor that was dependent on the place that she was in. Hamakim is the term Rashi uses in telling us that God accorded her this honor. While Hamakim is a reference to God's omnipresence, it's also the word used to indicate place itself. God instructed that she should immediately isolate outside the camp. But then we must ask, how is this measure for measure as the Mishnah describes it? When Miriam watched over Moshe waiting from afar, it was literally a matter of life and death for Moshe, who had been set afloat into the Nile. But here God is conveying an honor upon Miriam over seven days in a situation that seems quite dissimilar to the short time in which Miriam waited for Moshe, and in two distinct ways. Miriam waiting and watching over Moshe for this short time was literally to save this little child's life, her little brother's life. 
Saving a life is one of the greatest things a person can do. God is indeed showing Miriam great honor by upholding the journey of the entire nation for an entire seven days, but this isn't a repayment for her action. Also, doing what Miriam did was completely natural. Even the simplest person would stop to save a child's life. And again, we're talking about her brother, the reward for which is keeping an entire people back from traveling for a whole week, the significance of which is that they were pre the catastrophe of the Miraglam, of the spies, and they were literally about to enter the land. Holding them up for Miriam's honor was no small thing. Therefore, Rashi includes and quotes the word that we queried earlier, that Miriam, Miriam stood merachok, from a distance, because in fact Miriam was at a distance from Moshe and could not, from her distant vantage point, actually do anything to save him. Torah actually tells us her intention when relating this event in the verse. Miriam stood from a distance in order to know what would occur with him, as the Mishnah relates. So the honor that God accorded Miriam is not in fact for saving Moshe's life, because that isn't what it was about, nor could any honor really be measure for measure when it's about saving a life. Now, explaining Rashi, quoting the word Merochik from a distance, only tells us that this wasn't about Miriam saving Moshe's life. But it leaves us with a question as to the connection between her waiting for Moshe and this honor accorded her. Hence, Rashi adds the Vagomer, alluding to those remaining words in the verse which help us understand the connection. The verse in full in the Torah portion of Shmais reads, She stood from a distance to know what would occur with him. Miriam then observes the daughter of Pari coming to bathe in the river. Pari's daughter sees a child crying. She takes mercy upon the child and tries to comfort him and have him fed. She was unable to feed him. And then Miriam, the sister of Moshe, approached her and said, I will go and call a Jewish nursemaid to nurse the child, to which Pari's daughter agrees. Miriam then ran and got her mother, Moshe's mother. Understandably, even had Miriam not been there, once Pare's daughter tried to get the Egyptian nursemaids to feed him, and she was unsuccessful, she too would have realized that she should summon a Jewish woman. But this would have taken much longer. Miriam, standing on the side from a distance, ensured that all of this happened more quickly, and thus she shortened the time of Moshe's suffering. Therefore, the honor that God accorded Miriam upholding the nation's journeying until Miriam could rejoin the community so that her pain at being isolated for seven days outside of the camp would end quickly is in fact measure for measure. For that time that she waited and watched Moshe when he was placed in the Nile. Looking more deeply into the Rashi, into the Yena Shaltera, the secrets revealed in this Rashi, we learn that unlike the Mishnah's wording, Therefore, the nation waited for her, though obviously their waiting was orchestrated by God. The nation wanted to wait for Miriam. Though we can presume that according to Rashi as well, the nation wanted to wait for Miriam, this isn't what Rashi emphasizes. Rashi specifically emphasizes Hamakim, the place, 
or God's according honor to Miriam. Why? And what is the deeper significance or difference between the teaching in the Mishnah and Rashi? Our sages teach, Hakol shamayim, chutz shamayim. Everything is in God's hands, except for fear of God, which is why it's difficult to say that this good thing that the nation wanted to do, to wait for Miriam, and thereby honor her, was all because the clouds did not rise and indicate that it was time to travel. In other words, because of God. It's more likely to say that in fact the cloud remaining in place was because the nation wanted to wait for Miriam. This is what the Mishnah wants to emphasize by saying that they wanted to honor Miriam and therefore they waited, which is apropos to the rest of the Mishnah and the lesson in the Mishnah, that Hashem gives a Jew kindness measure for measure. But Rashi, who too takes the position that even the nation agreed and wanted to wait, is of the opinion that it's a stretch to suggest that the journey they took when Miriam was healed was different to other journeys and that it was determined by the will of the nation. Deeper yet, in Rashi's explanation, where the essential truth of everything is expressed, even Yerashamayim, the fear of heaven of a Jew, is supposed to be that thing that is completely up to man and not in heaven's hands is also from above. Actually, from a place that transcends Yedei Shamayim, the hands of heaven. Beyond that, transcending that. In other words, the desire to honor Miriam also came from an arousal from on high. The Mishnah, on the other hand, Nigla, the revealed part of Torah, does not reflect or resonate with this understanding that everything is an arousal from on high, because this would contradict free choice, and rather teaches how one's divine service is man's effort. Accordingly, we can understand why this idea that everything comes from above is alluded to in Rashi's explanation, where he discusses specifically tsaras. The idea of a mitzayra, one afflicted with tsaras, and being sent out of the three camps of the nation is a result of something that negates the total idea of holiness. For this reason, his place is outside the camps of the nation, even outside the camp of Yisroel, indicating how distant he is from even the lesser levels among Israel. And perhaps this is the inner reason why the main part of the isolation is that he is outside of the nation's encampment, as we discussed. And when there is no encampment, it's not obvious that the one who has been afflicted is meant to be outside of the parameters of holiness by virtue of his own actions. Therefore, this idea too, that fear of heaven comes from heaven, is inspired from above, is alluded to in the context of the Mitzorah, when we discuss how the quick healing of a Mitzorah takes place. Because the idea of this purification of the Mitzorah is from on high, as it is explained elsewhere that this is indeed the reason that the inflicted person is brought to the Kohen, brought to the Kohen against his will, because the spiritual decline of the Mitzorah is so intense so as to have brought him outside of all three encampments of the nation, outside of the space of holiness of the camps of the nation. It is most difficult for one to bring oneself back and to find that willingness and desire to return. It's the arousal from on high 
and the promise that no Jew will be left behind that empowers him. It is God alone who gives him this strength.